is the Come Read With Me podcast. Welcome to Come Read With Me, the Book of Mormon. This is episode number six. Welcome back. Today, we are excited to dive right in to chapter seven of First Nephi. But first, Dave, can you go ahead and give us a recap of what we've been covering so far? Yeah, I'd love to. We're picking up where we left off last time. Nephi and his brothers had to head back to Jerusalem to obtain the plates of brass from Laban. In our previous episode, we read about Sariah, Lehi's wife, complaining. A little bit of strife there. But as we covered in our last episode, they were successful in obtaining the plates of brass, brought them back to their family in the wilderness. As a family, they offered burnt offerings as a way of showing their gratitude that their sons were back in the fold. One thing that I love is what they learned. They learned that their family, that Lehi was a descendant of Joseph, the Joseph of Bible fame, coat of many color fame. And then in chapter six, one of my favorite parts was just Nephi's purpose and what he's doing with the scriptures. And he said, that his intent is that he may persuade men to come unto the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and be saved. And that's where we're picking up. Awesome. Thank you. Just as a quick reminder, as we start reading, the sound you will hear is this. If you hear that sound, the next word is scripture. As we chime in with our own comments, you'll hear this. That means we're going to be discussing it and then getting back to the scriptures after we've discussed. Okay. Also, grab a Book of Mormon, grab a pen, grab a pencil, mark your scriptures, follow along with us. A big part of the study is following right along so you can be reading the words as well. Okay. Then we'll get started in chapter 7, 1 Nephi, chapter 7, verse 1. And now I would that ye might know that after my father Lehi had made an end of prophesying concerning his seed, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto him again, saying that it was not meet for him, Lehi, that he should take his family into the wilderness alone, but that his sons should take daughters to wife, that they might raise up seed unto the Lord in the land of promise. And it came to pass that the Lord commanded him that I, Nephi, and my brethren should again return unto the land of Jerusalem and bring down Ishmael and his family into the wilderness." And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did again with my brethren go forth into the wilderness to go up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass that we went up unto the house of Ishmael, and we did gain favor in the sight of Ishmael, insomuch that we did speak unto him the words of the Lord. Real quick, a couple of things strike me as we even we just get started here. Um, they go up, they get the plates, big traumatic event. Lots of things happened. They saw an angel. They beat Nephi with a rod. They get the plates. They come back. A lot happened. Going back to Jerusalem was not a small event. And yet, here they are being asked to go back again. What's noted here is there's no complaining, uh, which is interesting because of what they're there to do. But I find that interesting. Also, what I like to hear is that in verse 4, as they go to the house of Ishmael and they gain favor in his sight, really by speaking the words of the Lord. What, what strikes me here is this is probably somebody in which they had an existing relationship. This is probably somebody that was a friend, at least, uh, maybe, maybe even more than that, or some sort of acquaintance or, or a, a brother in preaching the gospel that Lehi had done previously. But it was clear that they were going to communicate with him with the words of the Lord so that uh, it wasn't them trying to convince him, it was the Lord trying to convince him. So I, I appreciate that about what they said in verse four. Exactly. And interesting to me, that's how they gained favor in the sight of Ishmael. 
They didn't flatter him. They didn't try and share their wealth like they did with Laban. They were genuine and they, they appealed to him and gained favor in his eyes because they used the words of the Lord. Great, great example of the contrast between the type of man Laban was and the type of man Ishmael is here. That's an interesting insight also because we don't know a lot about Ishmael. Uh, we, we don't learn very much about him and his family. And so that is interesting context to understand a little about, bit about who he is and how to communicate with him. All right, back in at verse five. And it came to pass that the Lord did soften the heart of Ishmael and also his household, insomuch that they took their journey with us down into the wilderness to the tent of our father. And it came to pass that as we journeyed in the wilderness, behold, Laman and Lemuel and two of the daughters of Ishmael and the two sons of Ishmael and their families did rebel against us. Yea, rebel against me, Nephi, and Sam, and their father, Ishmael, and his wife, and his three other daughters. And it came to pass, in the which rebellion, they were desirous to return unto the land of Jerusalem. And, go ahead. Yeah, if I might jump in here. Interesting. We just read in verse, hmm, let's see here, five. They gained favor in the sight of Ishmael using the words of the Lord. In verse five, everyone heads into the wilderness together. So interesting to me. That's a very short verse, but how hard was it for Lehi and his family to leave Jerusalem? And yet there's just one verse here for Ishmael and his family to leave Jerusalem. Um, yeah. I'm sure Nephi spared us a whole bunch of the drama of, of leaving, but I just found that interesting. And yet with that short verse of verse five, where they're happily going into the wilderness, the very next verse, we start picking up again with the antics of Laman and Lemuel, and even a couple of the daughters of Ishmael and two of their sons that uh, are, are pretty upset with the circumstances, so much so that they're like, you know what, let's go back. I can understand a little bit of where Laman and Lemuel might be feeling justified in feeling like leaving Jerusalem wasn't a worthwhile endeavor. Here they left Jerusalem. They've gone back once. They've gone back twice. It's still there. Everyone's still alive. It's still happy. The big destruction hasn't happened yet. So here they might feel justified in feeling like they should return. And that's where we're at right now. Okay, back in at verse 8. And now I, Nephi, being grieved for the hardness of their hearts, therefore I spake unto them, saying, Yea, even unto Laman and unto Lemuel, Behold, ye are my elder brethren. And how is it that ye are so hard in your hearts, and so blind in your minds, that ye have need that I, your younger brother, should speak unto you, yea, and set an example for you? How is it that ye have not hearkened unto the word of the Lord? How is it that ye have forgotten that ye have seen an angel of the Lord. Yea, and how is it that ye have forgotten what great things the Lord hath done for us in delivering us out of the hands of Laban, and also that we should obtain the record? Yea, and how is it that ye have forgotten that the Lord is able to do all things according to his will for the children of men, if it so be that they exercise faith in him? Wherefore, let us be faithful to him. And if it so be that we are faithful to him, we shall obtain the land of promise." And ye shall know at some future period that the word of the Lord shall be fulfilled concerning the destruction of Jerusalem. For all things which the Lord hath spoken concerning the destruction of Jerusalem must be fulfilled. For behold, the spirit of the Lord ceaseth soon to strive with them. For behold, they have rejected the prophets, and Jeremiah have they cast into prison. And they have sought to take away the life of my father insomuch that they have driven him out of the land. Now behold, I say unto you that if ye will return unto Jerusalem, ye shall also perish with them. And now if ye have choice, go up to the land and remember the words which I have spoken unto you, that if ye go, ye will also perish. For thus the Spirit of the Lord constraineth me that I should speak. 
Eric, there's a lot here. Yeah. I love this. I think Nephi has had enough of the complaining. As, as a group, they've been tried before, and yet they've been proven successful. Here they are sent up again with a much easier task in many respects, although could be harder task in, in other respects, but sent up to Jerusalem with an easier task of obtaining Ishmael's family to come back there. They didn't have to negotiate to get plates of brass or anything like that. They weren't threatened or in danger with servants of Laban coming after them. And yet there's the complaining again. So Nephi is frustrated, and I love how he just kind of lays into him a little bit, and not in a, in a rude way, but just in a, guys, open your eyes and look here. I don't know how many times he said in those last verses, how is it that you've forgotten? How is yeah. it that you've forgotten? How do you not remember? Guys, stick with me on this one. How, you know, so I love how he just kind of reminds them of all the things that they've forgotten. Interesting. As we continue to read the Book of Mormon, there will be many, many, many instances of the word remember. How interesting it is that Nephi, in essence, is saying the same thing. How is it that you've forgotten all these good things that the Lord has done? Why can't he do those same good things for us now? Absolutely. You know, one of the things that struck me as I was reading this, um, and gosh, this was a few years back when I was in college. I remember reading this and, and kind of feeling what Nephi was saying here. How have you forgotten this? How have you forgotten this? The times the Lord blessed you this way and the times the Lord blessed you that way. And it struck me that I was so much more like Laman and Lemuel than I would like to have, <laughs> have otherwise believed. Because in, even in my own life, even with good intentions, there's often times where we sort of forget in the moment all of the times the Lord has guided us and directed us and blessed us in ways we, we can't even imagine. Um, and what Nephi is, is saying here is that we need to remember. We need to remember on purpose, and we need to make sure that we're doing that. But yeah, I love that. It sounds like Nephi is trying to be as kind as he possibly can while being extremely frustrated. And that's exactly what we get across here. Yeah. And out of love and concern. And in the initial verses, he's saying, how have you forgotten? How have you forgotten? And then right where we left off, he's saying, you know what? If it's your choice, go back up to Jerusalem. Yep. But if you do, remember all of these things that I told you and remember that it was prophesied that it's going to be destroyed. Uh, I just I just love the language there. That sounds exactly like how my brothers would have said it to me. I love it. <laughs> okay, back in at verse 16. And it came to pass that when I, Nephi, had spoken these words unto my brethren, they were angry with me. And it came to pass that they did lay their hands upon me. For behold, they were exceedingly wroth. And they did bind me with cords that they sought to take away my life, that they might leave me in the wilderness to be devoured by wild beasts. And it Instance number two, where Laman and Lemuel seek to cause physical harm or worse to, his, to their brother Nephi. Yes. First time beating him with a rod, second time here, they laid their hands upon him and tied him up. Another interesting window into the soul of Laman and Lemuel here is that Nephi wasn't trying to force them to go with him. He was just saying, go ahead and go. Just remember what I said. It's interesting to see how they reacted to that with physical violence. But is, is that not how we see things today? Some people express themselves through words. Some can have that conversation. Some just shut down. They're like, forget these words. I'm going at it with my fists. Yeah. You know, it, and then others will get angry. We all react to stressful situations in different manners. I think Laman and Lemuel's is coming out. They're showing their true colors. Absolutely. Okay, back in in verse 17. But it came to pass that I prayed unto the Lord, saying... O Lord, according to my faith, which is in thee, wilt thou deliver me from the hands of my brethren? Yea, even give me strength that I may burst these bands with which I am bound. 
And it came to pass that when I said these words, behold, the bands were loosed from off my hands and feet, and I stood before my brethren, and I spake unto them again. And it came to pass that they were angry with me again, and sought to lay hands upon me. But behold, one of the daughters of Ishmael, yea, and also her mother, and one of the sons of Ishmael, did plead with my brethren, insomuch that they did soften their hearts, and they did cease striving to take away my life. And it came to pass that they were sorrowful because of their wickedness, insomuch that they did bow down before me and did plead with me that I would forgive them of the thing that they had done against me. And it came to pass that I did frankly forgive them all that they had done. And I did exhort them that they would pray unto the Lord their God for forgiveness. And it came to pass that they did so. And after they had done praying unto the Lord, we did again travel on our journey towards the tent of our father. All right, if I can just interject there. So they tie him up, Nephi prays unto the Lord, full of faith, saying, Lord, I can't get out of these cords, but you can help me get out. The bands are loosed. He's standing there. What an opportunity for him to like rub it in their faces. But no, he doesn't. And then they become angry with him again, like, oh man, that didn't work. So they're, they're angry probably at Nephi, probably at themselves that what they tried to do didn't work. Anyhow, members of the family of Ishmael plead with them, like, show some mercy, guys. Get over it. Like, it's okay. There's, there's a way we can move on and, and deal with this. And what I love is what Nephi says. He says, I did frankly forgive them. That would have been such the opportunity to stand up in their face, rebuke them, whatever. He says that he did frankly forgive them and exhorted them that they would pray unto God for their forgiveness. So he continues yeah. to just show this like unnatural love, unnatural patience of pointing them to the Lord instead of like ruling over them. Yeah, absolutely. And it says that they did travel again toward the tent of their father. Um, you know, I don't know about you, but if someone tried to just kill me, I'm not sure I'd be like, all right, you guys ready to keep this trip going? Here we go. Um, another thing that I love in what we just read is the example of what it was that softened the hearts of Laman and Lemuel. Laman and Lemuel are in a rampage a little bit here, right? They are taking, trying to take away the, the life of Nephi. And who was it that softened their hearts? It was one of the daughters of Ishmael and also her mother. And one of their brothers. And one of their brothers. But I don't think it's a coincidence that Nephi names one of the daughters of Ishmael first, the mother second, and one of the sons last. Because I bet it happened in that order, and I'll bet that's what he remembered in seeing it. But I think this is a, a prime example of righteous women and the power that they can have and the influence that they can have in the face of real evil. Um, the, the power and the tenderness of a righteous woman in the face of evil can do so much to persuade for good. And I think that's another great example of what we're seeing here. That is awesome insight. That is awesome. Okay, back in in verse 22. And it came to pass that we did come down under the tent of our father, and after I and my brethren and all the house of Ishmael had come down unto the tent of my father, they did give thanks unto the Lord their God and did offer sacrifice and burnt offerings unto him. Great. They made it back into the wilderness to their family safely. And what's the first thing that they did? They gave thanks unto the Lord their God and did offer sacrifice and burnt offerings unto them. Absolutely. Another, another example of that burnt sacrifice being both in thanks and perhaps in the context of repentance for what had just happened in the course of their journeys. Okay, that's the end of chapter seven. So Dave, any key takeaways as we look back on the chapter? I think we've pointed this out before in previous episodes, but as we're going through and reading it this time together, 
I have been so much more aware of the humanity of this family, the reality, the emotions of, I can totally put myself in many different shoes of each of these people. Sometimes I'm on the more righteous, closer to Christ side, and sometimes I'm on the more angry side of, of I get why they're upset, but I just love how it's a family. It's a real thing. But I also love how Nephi continues to point people to the Lord. He remembers the Lord. He tries to not forget the Lord in his life. I love it. Thank you for sharing that, Dave. You know, for me, the key takeaway from this comes back to verse 12. This is when Nephi is frustrated with his brothers. They've started to rebel against him again, and he just starts unloading on him kind of all of his feelings. And one of the things he says is, yea, and how is it that ye have forgotten that the Lord is able to do all things according to his will for the children of men, if it so be that they exercise faith in him? Wherefore, let us be faithful to him. And I absolutely love what he says there, because this is something that I know a lot of people who approach the Book of Mormon, especially for the first time, are doing so as they exercise a bit of faith. They're doing so as they've found the desire to want to know if this is something that they should believe. And this is a great example of what it means to exercise in faith and what the reward can be. The Lord is able to do all things. We know this. If you're coming to the scriptures with any faith in the Lord, know that the Lord has the power to do all things. And exercising faith in him will bring about that power in your life. And I love just the plain example that he gives here and one that we should all liken unto ourselves as we're reading this and starting to understand the Book of Mormon. Look to exercise faith and then look for those blessings in your life. They will be there. All right, then we'll wrap it up there. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, email us at comereadwithmethebookofmormon at gmail.com. Reach out if you have any questions or if you need a Book of Mormon, we can help get you one. Thank you for listening. Join us again next time as we continue reading the Book of Mormon together. Quick disclaimer here, this podcast is not produced by The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Everything expressed in this podcast is the opinion of the people making it, and it is not endorsed by the church or its leaders. Everything in this podcast is intended to promote faith in Jesus Christ by helping you understand the Book of Mormon. Please listen to this podcast with an open heart and pray for guidance from the Lord as we continue reading the Book of Mormon. Thank you for listening.